Good evening. Uh, it's time to open our Bibles up. We are in Luke and chapter 17. It's on page 1050 and also up on the screens if you want to follow along. Uh, so Luke 17, 1 to 10. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. As we come to look at God's word this evening, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you uh, speak through it. And Father, as uh, this evening we may be feeling slightly weird after saying goodbye uh, to Phil and Anna today, uh, Father, we thank you that you still are going to speak to us through your word. Please, please do that for us and change us, we pray, as we listen to you. Amen. Uh, so you've been working hard for uh, a few months. Uh, you feel like you're doing a, a good job, but you're getting a bit tired. Uh, and so you, you think to yourself, uh, I really feel, feel like I deserve a holiday right now. Or maybe you've been up all evening doing your homework, uh, and you think, uh, and it's all done, uh, and you think, I, I really deserve to go and watch some Netflix now. Uh, well, you know what? Standing up in front of a load of people to preach, it is pretty scary. And so um, I, I think at the end of this, I, I might have some chocolates. Uh, that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? It's really good when we get to enjoy those things. Maybe we've been working hard uh, and then we get to enjoy some rest, enjoy some, some, some good things like, like some TV or, or a holiday or a treat like chocolate. But what about when it comes to more spiritual things? Like maybe this last week we've been able to read our Bible every morning. 
Like, that feels like such an achievement. Or, or maybe uh, we were able to tell someone on Monday that we were at church at the weekend. That, that feels like quite a scary thing to do sometimes. Or maybe we just feel like we said some, something incredible at small group the other day. And we feel like we, we deserve something, like a pat on the back, uh, some kind of reward. But Jesus says, uh, at the end of our passage, he, he says we're, we're unworthy servants who are to do our duty without expecting particular thanks or, or reward. He tells this parable, verses 7 through to 9, and it feels like a bit of a strange parable, particularly for us in, in 21st century Hove. I don't think many of us will have servants, and if we do, they're probably not plowing fields all day or looking after sheep. But, but that's the case in this parable. Uh, let's have a, a look at what Jesus says. He, he says there in verse 7, Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Well, he say to that servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So Jesus talks about this servant. They've been out plowing a field all day. They're pretty tired. And they get in and uh, they don't expect the master to say to them, come and have some food with me. No, the servant's got to do their duty of, of going to make that food, preparing it for their master. Uh, only after their master is eaten, then they can have something to eat themselves. They're doing their duty without expecting particular thanks or rewards. Uh, to bring this completely up to date, imagine I, I've been, been video calling a friend on, on my phone uh, and I end the call and I get off it and I start saying thank you to the camera for being able to pick up the picture of my face. And thank you for the, the Wi-Fi to send, for sending that video over uh, to my friend. Thank you, screen, for, for showing me my friend. That, that would be silly, because the phone's just doing what it's designed to do, doing it its duty without thanks or, or reward. In this passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He, he's telling them about how they should live as unworthy servants. How they should do their duty as followers of the Lord Jesus. And he's particularly thinking about their relationships with, with one another. You might think that it, it's not so nice, though, to be called an unworthy servant. It's not particularly flattering. But th think about when we became a Christian. We were people who, who like that, that lost son that we looked at a few weeks ago, who, who were lost in sin. 
who've turned our backs on God, and yet we've come and been welcomed with arms wide open into the kingdom of God. And what made that possible It is the death of the Lord Jesus. We don't deserve that. We're unworthy of that. And yet we have received such great love and welcome into the kingdom of God. We have everything in Jesus. And so as his servants, we want to follow him faithfully. Because it's our duty. We've got three uh, points this evening which will hopefully help us uh, to follow what's going on in this passage. The the first is, an unworthy servant will not want to make others stumble. We've seen in Luke's Gospel how Jesus welcomed sinners. He he welcomes the poor. He welcomes the sick into his kingdom, even tax collectors. We've also seen in Luke how there are people like the Pharisees, the, the religious people, of the day. And they hate Jesus. They hate that he welcomed such people. They'd be out to trip Jesus up in what he's doing. To trip people up in coming to follow Jesus. But Jesus says to his disciples, he gathers them together and he says, don't be like that. Don't be out to trip people up. Verse 1. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. Don't cause people to trip up as they follow Jesus. Jesus in verse 2 calls us little ones, people who follow him little ones. He calls us unworthy servants as we've already seen, but here in verse 2 it's little ones. Such a a wonderful, loving expression. Like we are children of God, loved by him, precious to him. And he doesn't want us to be tripped up, he's protective of his children. And so he says to us, don't make one another trip up. Don't make each other stumble. And this is really challenging. And it's made even more challenging by what Jesus says in verse 2 about a millstone being tied round someone's neck and throwing yourselves into the sea. Here's a millstone. It's a big, large, heavy stone which was used for grinding grain to to make flour. If you were to put one of them round your neck and walk off the end of Brighton Pier, there is no doubt about it that that weight would make you drown and die. That all sounds rather horrible. But, But this is serious. This is a serious warning, and it's serious because the consequences of someone stumbling away from Jesus, or not even knowing, from not even knowing Jesus at all, is serious. 
As we saw last week, the, the consequence of not knowing Jesus is an eternity in hell. And so it would then be better, instead of making someone to stumble, to put a millstone round our neck and throw ourselves into the sea. But Jesus isn't saying that we must must literally do this, but he is certainly saying, and he does say in verse 3, watch yourselves in this. So how, how might we make others stumble? Maybe someone was to, to walk into Bishop Pannington Church, and, and maybe they, they look, look a bit different from your average member of BA. They sound a bit different, uh, dressed a bit different. Uh, and you think, I'm not going to talk to them. Because they look different from me. They, they don't really f- seem to fit in. And yet they've come and they really want to know about this Lord Jesus that, that we follow. And yet it's not just you that doesn't talk to them, nobody does. And they leave wondering why anybody would bother following this Lord Jesus. And yet we're unworthy servants. None of us deserve to know Jesus wherever we've come from, whatever background, class, race. And so let's not make people stumble. Or maybe we've we've been in a a Bible study at small group, and it's got to a passage that we, we think we know really well. And we want to show others how well we know it. And so we're going to answer every question so well to make sure everybody knows how well we know that passage. We don't have any interest in, in helping others to learn and grow. We want to show others how good we might look that week. And yet we're little children, little ones, Jesus says. We, we all need to learn and grow. So don't, don't let your knowledge of the Bible make someone stumble. Use it to help others to learn and grow so that they might grow closer to Jesus and not stumble away from Jesus. We need to watch ourselves, hear the warning of Jesus. And watch ourselves in this. Secondly, an unworthy servant forgives others as Christ forgave them. Jesus continues in speaking to his disciples and he says this down in verse 3. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. I don't know about you, but when someone has done something wrong to me, I would... My reaction is to rant to other people, to complain to other people. So and so did this. Or maybe I would want to go up to them and 
I don't know, shout at them or, or maybe I ignore them depending on how I'm feeling. A few weeks ago, uh, after um, a Sunday roast, uh, I had some sticky toffee pudding uh, and it was very much enjoyed. Uh, and there was a bit left over. It's my, one of my favourite desserts, so there was a bit left over. So I excitedly put it in the fridge uh, and thought I could have that on Monday. Uh, after a long, hard first day of the week at work, uh, something to look forward to, something to get me through the day. And I get home after working all day and discover it's no longer in the fridge. Someone had eaten it and I I think I knew exactly who and I wasn't happy. And instead of a desire to forgive, I had a desire to be angry. I sent a few very unloving messages. Jesus says, rebuke, and if they repent, forgive. I might have got the rebuke part slightly right, but I certainly wasn't very loving and gentle in the way I did it. And forgiveness didn't come till much too late. And yet Jesus says, even if someone sins against you seven times in a day, and they repent, forgive them. You might be thinking, uh, well, to forgive once, yeah, could probably do that. A second time in a day, uh, yeah, sure. Three times, three strikes and you're out. A fourth time, it's getting a little bit much. A fifth time in a day to forgive someone, this is getting quite a lot now. A sixth time, surely I can stop at that. A seventh time? Uh, And Jesus isn't limiting the number to seven. The the point is forgive. Uh, Forgive and keep forgiving. Be in the business of forgiving. But it seems so much easier to complain, to, to grumble, to be angry. It feels so much easier to complain about so and so for those hurtful comments they made to me last week. Or that person who sent me that totally unnecessary WhatsApp the other day. Especially if that's happened more than once. Jesus says, forgive. Remember we're unworthy servants. We're learning to do our duty as followers of Christ. Because think about what Jesus has done for us. Jesus went to suffer death for you, to forgive you completely from the seemingly smallest lie you've ever said to the uh, what you feel like is the biggest sin you've ever committed. Jesus has died and forgiven you and remembers your sins no more. Though our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. He is in the business of forgiving And so should we be. But all this talk of forgiveness, all all this talk of uh, not making others stumble, it all sounds rather hard to me. I don't know how it feels to you. If it does feel hard, well, we're not alone. The apostles think so too. 
And so they say to Jesus, increase our faith. And you'd expect Jesus to be like, yes, absolutely, that's going to help. Sure, I'll increase your faith. That'll help you live a life that follows me better, that makes sure you forgive others even when it feels hard. That'll help. But actually, Jesus doesn't say that at all. Jesus says something else in verse 6. He says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Jesus says, have faith as small as a mustard seed. I've got some mustard seeds here. They're, they're rather small. I, I could try and try and pick one up and, and kind of show you, but I, I feel like you, you have to have very good eyesight to see that, and I think it's on the floor, actually. Um, if you want to come and have a look at some mustard seeds, uh, I've got many in here. Uh, do, do see me afterwards. Um, they're absolutely tiny. Jesus is, is saying it's not the, the size of your faith that matters. It's that you have faith. And we're small. We're human beings. But who our faith is in, that's important. If it's in the great God of highest heaven, then that's okay. It's okay if our faith feels small and weak, like... A tiny mustard seed because of who our faith is in. And so that leads me to the final point. An unworthy servant needs only a little faith in a great God. As Jesus shows how amazing things can happen with this faith as small as a, a mustard seed. He, he talks about a mulberry tree. I found a picture, I think, there it is, of a mulberry tree. And apparently these mulberry trees have roots that are so deep, the idea of them being uprooted is almost impossible. But then to have it planted in the, the middle of the sea, well, that just seems crazy. The application, uh, looking at this verse, it... The idea isn't that we start praying that, that mulberry trees get uprooted and planted in the sea. That, that, that's a bit pointless. The point is, however small and weak your faith may feel, you've got a great God that your faith is in, with whom anything is possible. And that really helps when it comes to forgiving someone who's hurt us, I think. If we've got faith in a great God, then even when it feels really hard to forgive somebody, maybe even impossible, faith in him can help. Uh, this, this lady, uh, her name's Corrie Ten Boom. And back in World War II, she was arrested by uh, Nazis for hiding with her family, uh, Jewish people in their home. Her and her sister, 
Betsy were taken to Ravensbrück concentration camp. Betsy, her sister, was killed just two days before Corrie was released. A few years later, Corrie was in a church in Munich and she was talking about the subject of forgiveness, God's forgiveness. And she wrote this. I saw him, a boarding, heavy-set man in a, a grey overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. He said to Corey, you mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk. I was a god there. No, he didn't remember Corey. But, but since that time, he went on, I've become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well. His hand came out and he said, will you forgive me? Corey's mind was racing. She knew she had to do it. She knew that the message of God's forgiveness has a prior condition that, that we also forgive others too. It could not have been many seconds, she said, but that he stood there, hand held out. But to me, it seemed like hours as it wrestled with the most difficult thing I ever had to do. And before she knew it, her hand was in hers and she forgave him. That took faith. Small faith in a great cause. And I, I wonder if there's someone that, that maybe you need to forgive. Maybe someone you've been holding a, a grudge with for a while. Maybe even someone in our own church family. Someone you just feel like you can't talk to anymore. Because of something they've said or something they've done. Jesus calls us to look to him with faith, however small that faith may feel. To a God who is far bigger and far greater than us. And with his help, by his grace, we can do what may feel impossible and forgive with his help. And this message, this, this, this verse about faith being small and weak, after the weekend that we've had as a church of saying goodbye to a vicar, I wonder how we're feeling, how our faith is feeling about how, what the next few months hold. It may feel rather small and weak right now. But we have faith in a great God. And so we need to keep looking to him. Uh, keep praying to him together. Come to the prayer meeting on Wednesday. Take one of those cards that, that Chris showed us and pray. And keep going. Living out your duty as an unworthy servant. And remember, remember the parable 
at the end of this passage. About that servant who received no particular thanks or reward, just doing their duty. That's how we are called to live now. We, we do all this. We forgive one another. We, we care for one another and try not to make one another stumble because we're unworthy servants. And we may not do it for reward here. But, but one day we will be forever with our Lord Jesus. And feasting forever with him and his people, there'll be no more need for forgiveness there. For we'll all be perfect. One day we'll look after one another as we really should. We won't be making one another stumble. One day the faith that we have, though it may seem small and weak, we'll we'll see the God, the great God that we have faith in. But between now and then, as we do our duty, imagine what it will look like if we as a church family are quick to say sorry to one another and to forgive one another. Imagine what it will look like if we don't look down on others, don't cause one another to stumble, but encourage each other as children of God to grow closer to the Lord Jesus. Imagine us together, though our faith may be as small uh, as mustard seeds, we see God doing extraordinary things. What a church that would be for a new vicar to come into. What a church that would be for uh, our parish and beyond, a, a church where more and more people may come by God's grace. Dom's going to come now. And he's going to help us as we respond to what God has been saying to us tonight.